If you will, open your Bibles to the book of Acts. We've been in the midst of a series, and that series is uh, that God has been ministering to us as Christian liberty, and we've been in that series for a while. And as I said last week, that we came to the halfway point, or we are at halftime of that message. So us being at halftime, then God has given us a, we're going to take an intermission from the series, but then we are going, there is still yet a word from the Lord on today uh, for us. Amen. Stand up, young man. Walk to the back. Get you some water, whatever you need to do. It's all good. Amen. If you get tired, which all of us can and will, then stand up. Walk around. Do whatever we got to do because we got to press through to be able to receive the word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So having said that, uh, in our intermission, there's a, a word from the Lord that he wants to speak to us out of the book of Acts on today. And I guess if we had to title the message today, it would be out of my comfort zone. Out of my comfort zone. Amen. So Acts chapter 9, at the beginning of chapter 9, is a story that each and every one of us is also familiar with. This is the story of Saul, which uh, we know now as that later became Paul, Paul the Apostle. Uh, in there, Paul the Apostle, every one of us should know who he is because he is the one that God used to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ unto us, the Gentiles. Glory be to God in there but let us so in us looking at this story of Paul and his conversion on today uh God is going to speak to us you know because many of us and all of us I'm sure know the story but there's some particular things that he wants to bring out in this story and cause us to pay attention to because see just as Paul or or Saul at this time were was a religious man. We know that he was a Jew of all Jews is what the Bible speaks of him, that he was a Hebrew of all Hebrews, that he was a man that was, that was, his heart was zealous and it was set to do God's will as he knew it. And as he knew it at this time, come on somebody, that he knew what he knew was to, that, that was all predicated in that which he had grew up in and learned, and it was all about the law. But we know at the same time that there was one that came on the scene, uh, namely Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus coming on the scene, we know that according to the plan of God uh, for his, uh, the, the church, that God was establishing the church through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But prior to Jesus coming, we know that the, the children of Israel, the Jewish people, they lived unto God 
in the most righteous way that was known to man, and that was by the law, right? Come on, somebody, and it was nothing wrong with it. God had established a, a, a decree way back with Abraham that through uh, Abraham's faith and that, that, that he would bless him, and that was through the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, that they would be God's only or God's chosen people. Come on, somebody. In there. And as God's chosen people, then we know that later on when Moses came about that God had given the, his, his people the law to live by. And with God given his children, the, uh, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, the law there to live by. You know, for those of us that have studied this, we know that the law was set in place as a schoolmaster some call it, which was a tool. It was a, to show man uh, that he was sinful. The, the law was set in place to show us that we could not keep the law. And in us understanding that we could not keep the law, then it will show us uh, that we were in need of a savior. Come on, somebody. So we see now, we get to this place in history where, where, where God has sent forth Jesus Christ to be the savior for the world. And as Jesus, we know the story that he died on that cross and that on the third day that God raised him from the dead to his glory. And it opened the door for each and every one of us that if we believe in the plan of God for salvation through Christ Jesus, that we have this opportunity for salvation. Amen. See, well, while that is true and while we can look back and we can look at the scriptures and we can see that being the facts, there was a major dilemma when the church first started because there was a, a sector of the children of Israel, the nation of Israel that was still stuck in this place. And even though all of their law and all the prophecies and all their books that they, they studied spoke of this Messiah coming that will save the world, and will save them in particular. And now that Jesus has came, they did not recognize him. So we have a sect of people that were still stuck in the law. And here, uh, as we come up to chapter 9, the, pro the, the problem is, is that this sector of people that were stuck in the law and the church having been birthed, that uh, the, the church was a problem for these people. It was a problem so much as to what we're about to begin to see that those that were solely uh, or, or real zealous and, and, and those that were the Hebrews of Hebrews, should I say, that they were standing against the church and even to the point of capturing the people to, to crucify the people, to, to persecute the people of the church because of this man, this uh, namely Jesus Christ. See, they seen Jesus as a, a problem for their religion. And they, their religion, let me, let me might say, that their religion was not a religion of a different God. Their religion was the same God that we serve today. In there, they, it's, the, it's the, the, the God. It's where our, uh, the church was birthed from. Come on, somebody. But the, the, the transition uh, here that, that posed the problem was the uh, moving from the old covenant to the new covenant. And that being 
set by Jesus Christ himself. So here we see uh, Paul, one of, uh, excuse me, Saul, one of the, the leaders uh, of the, the, this, the, the children of Israel and the nation of Israel, these Jewish people that were standing for God. And as zealous as he was, not being able to recognize that Jesus Christ was the one whom God has sent in there. And in the, in the, in that right there, let me just pause for a second because that's still yet even more than 2,000 and some odd years later still seems to be a problem in the earth that many do not believe or see Jesus Christ as the one whom God has sent. And though the word says it over and over again, and this is a key to our understanding, my friends, that we got to know whom God has sent. Whom God has sent. Whom God has sent. Not whom you want to choose, who, whom you're, uh, you believe, uh, or whom you want it to be, or whom somebody told you to be, but it's whom the word of God says whom he has sent. Because whom he has sent is the only one that satisfied the righteous demands of God that we, those of us that believe, may thereby be set free. Hallelujah. And this is huge for our understanding. So Paul, or excuse me, Saul at this time being zealous for religion and having the uh, a lack of understanding of God's establishment of the church by way of Jesus Christ, his son, whom he has sent, went, and, he, and, and as you know the story, he went to the leaders in, uh, of the, the nation of Israel and he, he, in Jerusalem, and he set out to get a decree, even a letter, that he could go on to Damascus and began to, you know, on the way, and when he got there, to that whether it was man or uh, male or female, that if they were of the way, which is, and of the way is the description of one thing and one thing only, because some of us know that the way is what the church was called before it was ever called anything. It was called the way at the establishment of the church. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about our church. We call it many different things now, but it was, the church was known, uh, or people, even the people that followed uh, Jesus were not called Christians first. They were called the people of the way. Glory be to God. And this is beautiful because uh, uh, the, the reference to Christians and to the, the, the church of Jesus Christ, well, it, you know, it, isn't it not funny that it was called the way? Because there, Jesus said it himself in John chapter uh, 14 uh, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes unto the Father except by the way. So there is a way unto the Father and that way is in this one way. One way unto him. And so the church was first known in this church, in, in this, uh, and they were known unto uh, the world or to, uh, uh, to the Jewish people and to just uh, the people of the earth, period. The church was known as the way. So go with me to Acts chapter to 9. 
And as we read through it, then you'll see what the, the, the setting is. Yes, here it is, Paul, and he has went and he's got a decree to be able to arrest and bring back uh, women and men that believed in Jesus Christ to uh, the church. And I want you to picture this even in your mind because as we live in a free world today, there are some that uh, the same opposition is posed to them in some of these third world countries, in other countries, my friend. But while we are free, we don't know much about this. The fact that being a Christian, that that could be a problem, even a problem that will put you in, in jail or, or, or worse than that, death, death. See, we don't have that problem, so we don't think along them lines. But there's people on the earth today that their profession of Jesus Christ as Lord and being a Christian can and will cause them imprisonment and worse, death. Right now, today. Right now, today. And we need to know that we, the luxury we have in this Western world called the United States is not the same picture that many experiences on every single day. They are at a place that even you will see right here that uh, people have the, to profess Christ that they had something to look over their shoulder about. Here in verse 1 it says this, read with me, Saul, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder, meaning that he was still casting out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And he, and he journeyed, excuse me, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from the heavens. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And here is why we came here, my friends, because many of us already know this story. In verse 5 it says, and he who was Saul, said this, who are you, period. I need somebody to get this because for many of us that know this, what we've heard in the past was he said, who are you, Lord, all together. And that's not what happened, my friend. What happened was he said, who are you? And then he said, Lord, as though he was asking, are you, Lord, See, this is huge because I know some of us, have, uh, we received it like that. So in him falling off and him asking, he said, who are you? And he's asking, are you the Lord? And, and this is very important to our understanding because what it gives us is that as zealous as he was in the religion that he was, he was in, which was the, the, the true religion of the old covenant and in the transition that his heart was zealous for God. So we look at the story and we know that he persecuted Christians and killed Christians or responsible for the death of many Christians and all of this. The thing that was is that this man was from the beginning serving God with everything that was in him. 
I want to make that point. Because on the day of Damascus, something huge happened. Not, uh, not, it's more than what we understand. And, and what happened was is that when he was knocked off that horse and when the, the spirit of the Lord spoke to him or, or, or began to reveal himself to him, his first question was, who are you? Why is that important? Because that's important because some of us today need to be asking the question. That ought to be our first question. Who are you? We need to know who the Lord is. And I ain't talking about in the way of your own understanding and even in the way that we uh, thought we know him. But we ought to have a heart that is open to, to, that, that we can say, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do, is your heart open enough today? See, there's a word that God wants to speak to us. Because see, when we have the heart that's open to want to know who he is, then we ain't just wanting to know him for uh, salvation. See, this is a, a deep place. We'll come back to that. Because some, somebody ain't ready for that yet. Let me lay the foundation because, no, this is serious, my friend. That see, when we have a heart that goes beyond us just getting into heaven or, 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 or salvation, to believe in him for salvation, when we have a heart to, to, to not only believe in him for salvation, but to give our lives over to him for the rest of our days, then you want to know, who are you? Yeah. It comes with the question of who are you? And this is huge. So look what Jesus said. He says, I am Jesus. Whom you uh, are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goals. In the verse 6, he says, it says this, he, so he, which is Saul, trembling and astonished, said the second thing, Lord, what do you want me to do? See, this is huge because Saul asked the Lord to of the most important questions anyone could ever ask him. Who are you and what do you want me to do? <clears throat> the desire is to obey him more than anything. And that desire to obey him is a consequence of a heart change that uh, by an encounter with Christ. See, when we have a real encounter with Christ, it is going to bring forth a desire in your heart for change, my friends. Yeah. He gives those who know him a divine assignment. So check this out. He wanted to know who he was. Why did he want to know who he was? Because he already thought he knew who he was. See, and some of us right now, we think we know who he is. And God is calling us out of our comfort zone that we may truly know who he is. See, what God wants to speak to us right now is, is a serious revelation and it's going to take our hearts. I'm talking about you and me, each and every one of us, right where you are. Not where uh, by your denomination, 
uh, where that denomination is and what they believe in, not by what your mama believe in, not by what your wife believe in, not by what your brother believe in, but where are you, my friend? This is about you and in your own heart, and do you know him? And this knowing him ain't how we want to know him. This is how he wants to know us. <clears throat> or excuse me, or how he wants us to know him. See, do you realize there's a difference between how uh, you want to know him and how he wants to be known by you? Or how he wants you to know him? See, we have a way. The Bible says it very loud and clear, and, 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 and it always will be until Jesus come back, until we are in the presence of God, until we have a new body. There's going to always be true what the word of God says when, when, when he spoke and he says that there's a way that seems right unto man. But in the end, it leads to destructions. His word is going to always be true as he has said that my ways are higher than your ways. It's going to always be true, the understanding that, that our thoughts are not his thoughts. And God is just wanting to touch our hearts. And, 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 and this is something that you have to receive as an individual. This ain't about nobody else. This ain't no collective group uh, a thing. You know, in there, it's one that, 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 that touches your heart and you become a part of the group. And can't nobody do it for you. It's one that takes you to a place that will <coughs> speak to your heart in such a way that will, want, that will draw you to a place of wanting to know who are you. We just, let's dwell there just for a second. Just as Paul, see the picture. Paul was, I mean, excuse me, Saul was a man that loved God. And he was serving him better than any one of us ever in here has ever. At this time, he was serving God to the utmost. Committed from, from, from youth to walk with the Lord, to serve God. And this ain't no false God. This is the God. But yet there came a point in his life that he had to say, who are you? Are you Lord? Because each and every one of us, today God is asking, will you, will you, or do you have a heart to know who I am? Or, or, or you, will you even come to the place in your heart where you will ask him, who are you? See, some of us won't ask him, who are you? Because we don't really want to know who he is. No, I mean, we want to know that he's Jesus. We want to know that he's Savior. But do we want to know that he's Lord? See, because there's a difference between Savior and Lord, even though it's the same person. See, Savior is the one that takes away the sins of the world. Lord is the one that because he took away the sins of the world that you got to follow for the rest of your days. And it ain't a choice of when and how many times. 
It's a, it's a one-time choice that yields your life over to him. And this is what he's calling for the church today. This is not about us playing tiddly winks with him. And see, and this is the point that Paul came, excuse me, Saul came, uh, this is the crossroads that he came to on this day. On this road to Damascus. And today, this may be a road to Damascus for somebody. For each and every one of us, it ought to be a, a, a Damascus road day to day. See, not because you don't know who God is, because he knew who God is. Not because you ain't served God, because he was serving God. But because this is a point that God is saying, I want you to know you, you to know me what, how I want to be known. And how he wants to be known, it comes with a second question. See, and this is how, you, you know, this is one of the determining factors. So uh, if you want to know him today, how he wants to be known, then you have to ask the second question. And the second question is, what do you want me to do, Lord? See, in the second question of what do you want me to do, Lord? See, this is where it, it, it relates to the title of the message then. Because see, with the Lord, when you ask that question, then you're ready to relinquish your comfort zone. See, this calls for a relinquishing of your comfort zone. And see, many of us have, have not asked that question, didn't want to ask that question. We just want to be believers and we wanted our salvation and we wanted to be able to serve him the way we want to serve him, even from a good place in our heart. But we would dare not ask, what do you want me to do, Lord? Because you might want me to do something that's outside my comfort zone. My friends, he's calling us outside of our comfort zone. And the thing about it is he ain't calling you out of your comfort zone. He's calling us, every one of us. Every one of us. And just as he has spoke earlier today, this applies to every one of us because every one of us have a comfort zone. And every one of us ha have a zone that we've been operating in. And even so, some of us maybe impressed the limits some. He's calling us beyond that. And see, while yesterday we had an awesome time at the family church picnic, at the church family picnic, glory be to God. And see, God was working in the natural, something that was very spiritual, and I didn't understand it until late last night. But I, I just know that he kept impressing upon me to, to challenge every, um, all of you and most of you to that softball field. And while in the natural, uh, many of you felt that, man, that's way out of my comfort zone. And some of you was able to press through to get out of your comfort zone in there. And every one of you that, uh, is still here this morning. Glory be to God. So you live through being out of your comfort zone for a while. Some of us may, you know, may be sore on our backs. Our legs is hurting a little bit. Some of us may feel, I mean, my, you know, your feet might be a, a little bit touched. Glory be to God. And some of us may even be still feeling the effects of that sun beating down on us because we was outside of our comfort zone. 
Hallelujah. But glory be to God. I am still here today, my friends. And God was speaking something, and he wants us to be able to reflect on that natural thing. Because seriously, for some of us, that was a, a real challenge. And it was probably something that uh, you probably have never even imagined in your latter days that you would ever be out on a softball field with these little kids. Talking about hitting the ball. See, when we get to this age, then we, don't, we, we go to the softball field, but it ain't to be on the field. It's to be in the stand cheering for the little kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but God did it. And he needs you to be able to see, because like I said, seriously, for some of us, that was a real stretch. Never imagined that we would ever be out in that field. Remember when we was but never imagining that we would ever be out there again under any circumstance. And God was able to press upon us and we was able to make it through there. And, and not only make it through, we was able to have some fun in doing it. In there. Hallelujah. And without the spiritual implication of that, I think that it's probably only one, maybe two, that, uh, uh, hear, hear what I'm saying. Let me make this very clear. Without the spiritual implication of that, it's probably only one or two of us in here that, that would go back and change it. See, most of us, even having made it through the experience, not knowing that we could, wouldn't go back and change that experience. Maybe one. I ain't going to look at them. No, I'm, just, I'm just joking. No, I think that we all are, you know, it was an experience that showed every one of us something about ourselves that maybe that challenged us in a way that we might not have thought that we had. Amen. And see, and this is from a spiritual standpoint, this is what it's all about. Yeah. See, God is, is, he's opening the door, he's bringing us to this place and he wanting us to, add, to be able to ask that question. Where, what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord? And so as Paul asked that question, hear what Jesus said to him. He says in the, uh, this is picking up in verse, uh, I'll just read verse 6 again. So, the, so he trembled and, and astonished. So him being trembling and astonished said, what do you want me to do, Lord? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must. Somebody say must. Must do. See, when you ask the Lord, what do he want you to do? Then he's going to tell you what you must do. Come on, somebody. And see, maybe that's one of the, 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 the uh, where the rubber has met the road or one of the lines that has been drawn in the sand because some of us might have read this and maybe some of us have got the revelation. Boy, I, if I ask God, what do he want me to do? Then he's going to tell me what I must do. See, because when see, and once we ask him and he tells it ain't about an option, my friend, this is what you must do. Come on, somebody. See, this poses a serious challenge in our lives, my friend. This, this, this crosses a major uh, bridge in line in our lives. See, this crosses a bridge that when you go over this bridge, ain't no turning back. That my life is, is for the Lord. 
that, I, that this is a, the, like the song that we sing. I surrender all and all to Jesus. I surrender. See, here is a place where Paul came to uh, to a full surrenderance of Jesus to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Glory be to God. And so he tells him, this is what you must do, my friends. So as we know the story that uh, the men picked him up and they carried him on into the, uh, the city of Damascus, taking him to a, a place that he would be for three days is what the Bible says. And in the meantime, they, picking up in verse 10, that the spirit of the Lord God himself spoke to a disciple that was living in the city of Damascus. A disciple here, not one of the apostles, but a disciple meaning a follower of Christ. In there, a man that was devout in the spirit of God. A man that was a part of the church uh, already. A man by the name of Ananias is what he's called. And so the, the, the spirit of the Lord spoke to him. Look at verse 10. Let's pick up there. It says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision. What did he say? He said, Ananias. Just like he said, Saul. Saul. He spoke to the disciple of the Lord. And he said, Ananias. See, when the Lord wants to speak to you, he'll begin to call you by name. And my question today is, have the Lord called you by name? See, some of us, or most of us know that he's already said, John, John. Some of us know he already said, Julius, Julius. Some of us know that he already said, Willie, Willie. See, the difference is, is that when he said, Saul, Saul, Saul said, who are you? Are you Lord? The question is, is that when he said, Willie, Willie, are you saying, who are you? Question number one. Because when you say question number one, what's typically going to come after that is question number two. And see, when question number two comes out, what must I do or what do you want me to do, Lord? Then he begins to tell you what you must do, my friends. And see, some of us, God has already spoken that. Some of us, even without understanding, we've heard him say, Dakim, Dakim. And we said, what, oh, who are you? Are you Lord? And with that, we've asked the second question, what do you want me to do? We just didn't know the, the end of the story. But today, God has said, I'm not withholding the end. Now I'm going to tell you what you must do. And so now we must have an ear to hear. But look here at Ananias when he said, Ananias. So my question to each and every one of us, because like I said, some of us didn't heard him say, Dakim, Dakim. And some of us didn't ask the question, uh, who are you? Are you Lord? And some of us didn't ask the second question, what do you want me to do? But when you ask that question, who are you? And what are you, uh, when, when he calls your name, what is your response? See, our response ought to be like Ananias. Look what Ananias says in verse 11. It says, so, uh, so he said to him, excuse me, in ver at the end of verse 10, he said, Ananias. And Ananias said what? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. 
And see, this ought to be the response of every one of us. Not just to be a believer looking for salvation at the end of uh, my life that I'd have led, calling on Jesus for everything that I wanted and never surrendering to him on much of anything that he wanted. This is uh, about us not only believing his name for salvation, but this is about us saying, here I am, Lord, that we may live a life that is fully in, uh, will, in his will for the rest of our days. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. The challenge today is, are, is your heart ready and willing to respond to the call of God by here I am, Lord. See, Ananias, Ananias, he was ready. <clears throat> and when he heard the voice of the Lord, he was ready. And his readiness response was, here I am, Lord. And so the Lord said unto him in verse 11, arise and go to the street, call straight, and inquire at the house of Judah. For one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. See, that's the part that we missed. For he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Let me read a little bit further and we're going to come back. I'm going to show you this. And then Ananias answered. So Ananias, you could tell here, you could tell that he was still human. So Ananias ain't no fake person. Ananias ain't no uh, story. Uh, in there, Ananias was like you and me, my friend. He was one that uh, was ready and had surrendered his life to the Lord and said, here I am, Lord. But here you can see that Ananias was just like you and me. He was flesh and bones, my friend. Because look at his, uh, when Jesus told him to go, to, he said, here I am. Here, what do you want me to do? But when, when he got the decree as to what to do, I want you to go over there to, to Judah's house. And there's one named Saul of Tarsus. Wait a minute. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. See, you know, if you want me to go, you know, and see, some of us, you know, we, we are fear of asking God. What is it that you want me to do? Is that when he tells us to go to Timbuktu or he tells us to go to or to do something outside our comfort zone. Come on, somebody. Then we want to, we'll start doing some, wait, hold on, wait a minute. Start doing some backtracking. In there. So here, the Bible blessed us with a reality that Ananias was a human being. Because look at verse 13, it says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So Ananias, though he, though he wasn't necessarily backtracking, but he was letting us know that he's human because I remember, I didn't heard about this guy. And you telling me to go over there and lay hands on this guy? 
But look what it says in verse 15. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. See, the children of Israel didn't know him. They knew, they, they knew God, but they didn't know him. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So understand this, my friends. See, this is the point. The point is, is that it's essential that we come to this place in our lives that goes beyond us just being believers for salvation, but that it takes us to this place of, of, being, of a surrendered life that, we can, that God can use us for the rest of our days. Come on, somebody. Because, see, here's the thing, that, and this is the reason why we have to be ready and willing to, to, to ask the questions. Who are you, Lord? What do you want me to do with a heart that's open and free to be drawn out of our comfort zone? Because, see, in the earth there is some that is praying, hallelujah, that is lost and, 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 and without hope. And they've been praying to, to the, the only true God. That God, if you are real, would you send one of your disciples, would you send one of your vessels over to just tell me that you love me, that you will you just give me a sign, will you just show me a way so I may know that you are the one and only true and the living God. Come on, somebody. See, in here what we see in there that's beautiful is that Ananias was ready to do the will of God by saying, here I am, Lord. And when he got the degree to do what God says, the key was is that God had told him that this man has been praying, come on, somebody, and he needs, and God revealed to him that he is a chosen vessel of mine, just like you are a chosen vessel of mine. And I need somebody today to be a chosen vessel that will do the will of God because there are some that's out there praying right now, Willie, and only one that uh, can touch them or who God wants to use to touch them is you. So we got to be ready to receive our assignment. Because we, just like Saul, that later became Paul, God has a, a mission. He, we are chosen vessels Hallelujah. Of his. See, not you ain't just a chosen vessel, but you a chosen vessel of his. And he said it like this, because he is a chosen vessel of mine, Jesus said. The Lord said, do you know that you are a chosen vessel of the Lord's? If you are a chosen vessel of the Lord, and you know this, it's high time that we begin to yield to it. He's calling us past being church folk. I'm going to say that again. Everybody stand on their feet. Stand on your feet for a second. Because you can't miss this. He's calling us past being church folk. Church folk is a reference to those that believe that Jesus is the Son of God and they want him for salvation. But how many of the church folk want him 
for a living or to be a living sacrifice. A chosen vessel of his. See, because a chosen vessel of his don't have no comfort zone. They've already been called out of the comfort zone. See, a chosen vessel of his is one that life is yielded for the rest of their days that First Peter talks about. Or for the rest of your stay here. Knowing that, 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 that according to his word, that God himself has those that are praying to him that is lost and without hope. And today, my friends, is the day that God is calling each and every one of us way past our comfort zone. And hear this, because I just heard in the spirit that somebody think that they, you know, they already there. You're not there. And this ain't me saying it. This is God saying that you're not there. Ain't none of us there. None of us will ever be there. We will always be on the journey. And that's why this, this part of a, our stay here or the rest of our stay here is about a journey. It ain't about arriving nowhere, my friends. That's why he says, understand this, that you are a pilgrim just passing through. This is not your home. So you're not going to get there. This is not your home, my friend, this earth. So you're never going to get there. But on the journey, you can be rest assured this, that you will be shown how many things that you must suffer for his name's sake. See, on this journey outside of your comfort zone, then it brings about some suffering. Our first suffering, uh, in, in, in the suffering don't even have to go no more than us getting out of our comfort zone. That's a suffer already, especially for most of us. Let's be true to yourself. This is a moment in time that God is calling us right now in your heart to thyself be true. Not to somebody else, but to yourself. Not to your husband, not to your wife, not to your children. Don't put your mind on them, but put your mind on your heart right now to be true to him. Are you willing to know who he is. First of all, to know that that's him. Yes, he's saying your name. Guess whose name he's saying? Guess whose name he's saying? No, be more specific because I don't know who mine is. Guess whose name he's saying? John. I didn't hear you. Guess whose name? Amen. Amen. That's the name that he's saying. And when he calls that name, what is your response? Are you saying, here I am, Lord? Because here I am, Lord, already have answered the question of who he is. And what do you want me to do? That's why he's calling you back saying, uh, hey, now I can call you now. You put your name on the list. You, put, you, got, you went on call. Hallelujah. And when you put your name on, call, on the call list, then he calls you. And when they call you, what do you say? Here I am. Where do you want me to go? What time do you want me to be there? 
Some of us have excluded our name from the call list. But we wanted our names in the Lamb Book of Life. Out of the comfort zone. And please, again, don't think this, this is talking to somebody else. This is talking to you. To you today. And the Lord is saying, will you come out of your comfort zone? So what Ananias did, he went his way and he entered the house and laid hands on him. Brother Saul, he did. And he said to him, Brother Saul, Lord, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be full of the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once and arose and were baptized. See, today is immediately. Immediately we can receive our sight, my friends. Today is the day that you can immediately, the scales can be, can fall from your eyes to where you can see the Lord for who he is. And in seeing the Lord for who he is, then you're going to see him for more than just being your savior. You will see him as Lord. And you will see him uh, with a, 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 a journey that's set before you. And that journey ain't always peaches and cream as, as it pertains to the world. But it is pain and suffering and, and, and many different things. However, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man that what God has in store for those who receive him that the scales may fall off their eyes, my friends, that are willing to come past the comfort zone. So we don't have to be afraid of this, a little while. See, because the Bible says in 1 Peter that for a little while, though very, though, that we, we may suffer various trials and persecution for a little while. Somebody say for a little while. It is not worthy to be compared to what we have or what he has in store. The reservation that he has made for us, my friends. So the truth of the matter is, is that peaches and creams in the world, no, it don't promise that. But it does promise peaches and creams in the spirit. So even through the suffering or the various trials, it's peaches and creams compared to even the best days of the natural world. And separated from Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. So the question is, will you receive that today? Not just your salvation. We know that you have that. But will you receive lordship of your life? Will you surrender lordship of your life? Will you ask the question, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? 
then what do you want me to do? Are you ready today to ask the Lord for real? What do you want me to do? And no matter what his response is, as he calls your name, here I am, Lord. See, because that's the vessel that is fit for the master's use. Now we are talking about the vessel that's fit for the master's use. No, we ain't just talking about the vessel that believes in God and, and, and does uh, what they want according to, uh, you know, declaring God. See, because there's many of us that believe in God and we think that we're doing all, all of this and all of that because we'll go out and we'll do this, we'll go out and do that, and we'll go out and we'll even visit the homeless, we'll visit the sick, we'll go to the nursing home, we'll feed the poor, we'll do all of these different things. And we think that we got it. And you are nowhere out of your comfort zone and you don't got it. Because all that you're doing is what you want to do. This is not about what all that you've done for God that you wanted to do. This is about what God wants and what can he call on your name. When it's out of your comfort zone, when it ain't something that you came up with, when it ain't something that you want to do or know. Today. So while you think of that, let me pray for you right now. Get ready to come up, Minister Leslie, because we're going to open the doors of the church after I shed. Pray right now. In Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord God, that as everyone that you have knocked on the door of their heart this morning, this day, everyone that you have called their name, right now, Lord God, as we open the door of the church, I pray, Lord God, that they will step out in faith and come forth, Lord God, to make a proclamation unto you this day. That this day, Lord God, that they, when you call their name, that their response will be, here I am, Lord. That they will seek your face, Lord God. Asking and inquiring, what do you want me to do, Lord? Touch the hearts of us, Lord God, all of us, your people, Lord. There's some that you are seriously challenging past their comfort zone right now. And they know it. Let them come. Let them come. Give them the courage. Give them the strength, Lord God. Continue to, to beckon. And knock on the door of their heart. Let this day not be a day that they let pass by. And committing to you, Lord God, to the next step, to that next place where you calling them at. So this ain't a place that you you there. This ain't a place that, that you already didn't, didn't came to. And many of us then came to many different places. And we, many of us achieved many different steps. This is the next step. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God.